Ever since you can remember, you felt something in your chest telling you to move, to love, to speak, to try. Day after day, you pretend you don't hear it calling, or maybe you dismiss it as silliness or worse. But it's there, ready for you, and it will wait for you as long as you need. My name is Johnny G, and I invite you to join me on a journey of awakening as we dare to embrace our light. This is Refractive. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Refractive. I'm your host, Johnny G. Today's guest is Matt Hogan. He's an executive coach, a world traveler, and a self-proclaimed soul seeker. Matt's journey goes from the lows of depression and attempted suicide to the highs of corporate climbing, and finally to exiting corporate life and traveling the world. Matt's own personal journey of mastering his life through this growing connection with his inner teacher and guide has forged a foundation that propels and inspires him today. He uses that journey to help his clients. Matt works with established as well as rising entrepreneurs, executives, change makers, and he helps them recognize and trust their own inner guidance, finding both clarity and confidence in the decisions and plans that they that they make. He continues each day to tap further into what it means to live an aligned life. And that remains the North Star that guides him and what makes him an excellent guest for Refractive. Uh, today, we're going to talk with Matt about learning to listen. And if you've, if you've uh, been part of the audience of this show for a while, you know that this is a topic that fits right in with the type of things we cover. So Matt, I'm really grateful to have you here. Thank you so much. Well, I mean, I've been looking forward to this call since we connected over email. <clears throat> so I'm really grateful to be here today. Yeah, a fun topic that goes deep and weaves in and out of our entire lives. You're right. Listen, I love when I'm speaking with someone and they just get that um, they get that intuitive nudge of like, oh, I should connect Johnny with this person. Like, (laughs) and so I get some of the best connections that way from people trusting their gut. uh, And I love that we had this mutual connection who was able to, to, to get us in touch. It's great. Really connects back to our topic today, too. It really does. That's right. And so I'm. I'd love to set up today's episode with a little bit of background context. You know, learning to listen. In my perspective, it's something that we are born experts in. Right. The same way that like animals know when uh, you know when a tsunami's coming and they just kind of get out of get out of dodge and go to high ground. Like we're born knowing how to tap fully into our inner guidance, our intuition, our gut, our highest knowing, whatever you want to call it. And then the noise of society kind of drowns out our ability to remember that that inner voice. And it takes, in my opinion, a concerted effort for most of us in today's world to to remember how to how to hear that inner guidance. And so I I wonder what was that journey like for you? in learning to reconnect with your inner knowing? Well, I would say that I've been actively doing that for the past 20 years or about 20 years. And the most defining moments were back into, you know, there was a lot of defining moments. Uh, I'll start with the more intense one, extreme one was in 2004 when I just, I couldn't imagine a life 
that would feel good, that I would enjoy, that I could actually have something worthwhile living. And so I tried to kill myself and put a bullet in my head and went through a lengthy recovery process. But and you was, actually put a bullet in your head. Like it wasn't yes, just thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm still walking around with it today. Yeah. And a part of that recovery was I was told I may never walk again. And I remember very vividly being in my wheelchair, my legs not working, and I'm on the roof of this hospital that I'm being rehabilitated in. And I just connected to the moment where I realized that all my years of blaming other people, my all my years of being the victim, all my years of complaining, no one got me there but me. Only I got myself there. That's it. And when I finally truly owned that I am responsible for my entire life, I remember just weeping so heavily. I soaked my hospital gown. And when I finally was allowed to, I able to admit that to myself, going in this context of learning to listen, I heard a voice that I'd only heard one other time in my life. And it's this depth, clarity, and firmness say, you're not meant to live this way, and you won't live this way. And I remember how that first realization led to this knowing of what to listen to and respond to. And I remember the very visceral, physical response to that voice, to that intuition, that message, whatever you want to call it. And my whole body just lit up. And it was like as if my life didn't feel possible before that moment. I recognized and owned that I was the only one in charge of what was next. And then when that moment, that switch flipped, there was no part of me that existed anymore that said, I'm willing to live a life less than what I'm meant to live. And that is like the springboard moment that led to my university experiences, my corporate experiences, running my own business, traveling and all those things. But I say that as a first springboard, as like a real life tangible example where I was being asked to wake up and look at my life in a new way. That's, that's amazing. And it's something, you know, when you're going through this process, it can feel like this is, it can feel like no one is going to understand. It feels like no one's ever gone through this experience before. And, you know, when you hear your own story coming out of the mouth of another person, uh, it's so, it's so comforting to realize, no, no, no. Like I'm not some unicorn that is having these completely unrelatable things happen to me. Like there's a tribe of people out there who understand what it's like to experience this, this in life. And, uh, and I can, I can turn to them for understanding and support. It's really, that's a powerful story, Matt. Thank you. And, you know, I, sh I share that as more of what you might call an extreme life example and I know how that can also be something where we get caught up and well, that makes you're different. You have that really extreme one, but I can take that same context into changing my corporate career. When my fiance left me uh, to my partnership now, fast forward seven years later, like I can bring that same internal experience, that same internal finding a way to listen to myself into every moment thereafter. Yeah, yeah. You know, what? what's something that stands out to me as well about your story is that, so you have this experience of a message that says you, you don't need to live this way and this is not your path. Um, right. And it doesn't, 
turn you immediately into Adya Shanti, where like you're going and and living in an ashram somewhere. And, uh, you know, like, like you still had a process, you still followed a corporate path after that, you still you still had your journey to go through, um, you know, because there are some people who might listen to this and say, yeah, well, the the amount of change between my lifestyle now and like this spiritually awoken lifestyle that I hear about in these podcasts and in these books and whatever, like that's, that's, I can't relate to that. I can't understand. I can't understand going, you know, live that kind of lifestyle. And the fact is the journey is the journey and it doesn't matter, right? Like it doesn't matter whether your journey leads you to work for a tech giant or whether your journey leads you to live in the foothills of the Himalayas, it doesn't matter. Like what matters is, are you listening to your inner messages? Are you listening to um, the universe guiding you gently to do what feels most aligned for you? And I love that you kind of have had that range of experiences. You know something, Johnny, since this is your show and everyone knows you and likes you and listens to you, I'm just some guy coming in here talking and they don't know me, but they know you. So what is your experience of listening to your own inner guidance, your own inner teacher? How do you find it? How do you know it? How do you live it? Well, you know, I, my story was that um, I felt trapped in my career. I felt trapped by, um, I felt trapped by income, uh, and by status. And I didn't know how to get out of a life that felt lukewarm into a life that felt hot. Um, and, and, uh, without completely deconstructing everything. And I made up this plan that I was going to pivot into the military that I was going to, um, I was going to commission in the Navy as an intelligence officer, uh, I speak a couple of languages, and so I saw a really clear path that I was going to be able to um, move into cryptography and, like, you know, do that kind of work. And um, uh, and I quit my career in HR and went through the process. Got almost to the end of the commission, the commissioning process to become an officer, and um, my weight started to go up. And now I have a history with compulsive eating and things, and and so so this this condition started to rage in me again. And so the, the recruiter was like, dude, you got, you got to lose some of this weight because if we move forward with this and you show up to officer candidate school with extra, extra pounds, like they're going to, they're going to beat those pounds off of you and it's not going to be pleasant. And so if you can just like slip, drop 20 pounds, like this is going to make a big difference for you. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's press pause. I can drop 20 pounds. And so um, I started working on that and I couldn't, I couldn't, my weight crept up and up and up and my eating was out of control. And so the, the month after month passed and I couldn't, I couldn't continue on my plan. Um, and eventually I had someone who said, you know, I wonder if it would be helpful to develop a relationship with whatever is your higher power. Like, I wonder if this might help you with this, because I was beating my head on the wall, trying to say, why am I sabotaging myself? Like, why am I, I, I keep, like, I can't stop 
binging, no matter how hard I try, no matter how much work and effort and awareness and, and that I put into it. And so I was like, okay, I'll try anything. And I started researching. I just researched, how do you build a relationship with your God or with your higher power? And it led me to podcasts and books and Oprah super soul conversation and all kind of good stuff like that. And, um, it was that Matt, that really cracked me open. Um, I just had this crazy experience of like deeply resonating with a lot of these authors that I, that I found. Um, and, the result of all of, of that was not only realizing that the entire path I was on was not what I wanted. Like it was not the, it was not the path uh, that felt authentic to me, but also it led to the adoption of this mantra of mine. And this mantra is deeply personal to me. And it, uh, uh, it's made all the difference. And this is ultimately the long-winded answer to your question. It's, you already know, you already are, the answer is in the stillness. And when I, when that message came to me, that changed how I show up in the world. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that I already know everything, everything. Um, I already am anything. And the answer to any question is in the stillness. And that that kicked off my adventure of like going inside and saying, where are, where is the answer to X? And they come, you know, and that's what led me here. That's what led me to the podcast. That's what led me to becoming a coach. That's what led me to, you know, um, to, to dropping the military as, as a plan uh, that, that was life-changing. If I double click on that a little bit, go for it. You know, I'm sitting here listening to this arcing story of self-discovery and in this, in this like what you might call it, an infinity loop of internal and external experiences. And, you know, I'm reminded that when we start to have these like new experiences, these new questions come in, you might call it a spiritual awakening. We can call it that, but let's not get caught up on the word because I know that can be too ambiguous. I'm reminded of when my fiance left me seven years ago. And I'm just on this wooden floor in the kitchen, devastated. Like my life is crumbling. And it was one of those moments where I heard that same voice again. It goes, this is good. And now it's time to rebuild. And it was one of those moments where I was clear that something needed to change. And I knew it was going to happen in me. In the way I navigated my life forward, but there were so many unanswered questions. There were so many moments where I'm like, I don't know what part of me to listen to because there's so much going on in my head. My emotions were a little out of whack. And so finding that sense of balance so I could lead a, I won't call it a straight and narrow life in my language, but I, so I can lead with intentionality, clarity. I'm curious, like through that through line for you, how did you turn into yourself and find that voice that says, this is the space, this is the answer. How did you, I think the best way to frame it might be, if that process of self-discovery, what were the experiences inside of you that led you further and further to know your authentic voice to use the language of like resonant? Yeah, well, um, 
I, I think it really boiled down to um, being willing to seek outside um, outside information, you know, um, mm-hmm. being willing to, to being teachable is what I mean by that. So, mm-hmm. um, for example, when I would hear a guest on a spirituality podcast and like I would have like a strong internal reaction to what they were saying, like a positive reaction, like I went and read more right? Like I doubled down on what I was hearing and read more. Um, And so without even knowing that's what I was doing, I was applying my intuition. I was listening to my intuition there, right? Like I was having an inner guidance saying, oh, let's go marinate in that for a while. And, and I, you know, and I did that or, um, you know, in fact, there was this one, um, there was this one uh, podcast that I found and it no longer exists. Um, she she retired and and took her podcast offline. But um, she uh, she was a she had dedicated her life to helping people through their spiritual awakenings. And um, at the end of every podcast, she said, "If I can be of service to you, reach out to me." And I reached out to her, and she became a spiritual coach. And I got to tell you, man, like it it was such a game changer for me because I then had someone I had, I must've listened to 35 hours of her podcast over, over the months. Right. And so like, I felt, I felt I understood her perspective in the world. I trusted it. I felt like I could like give myself over to it. I had done enough due diligence and like, okay, yeah, I, I, I vibe with this. And so when I started having sessions with her one-on-one, like she was able to take my hand and, um, and, and offer me guidance because it was confusing to me, like going through this, 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 this spiritual experience was very confusing to me. Like, how do I reconcile this with the real world? Like, how do I reconcile this with society? How do I keep one foot on earth and one foot in the clouds? Like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And, um, and so that's really, uh, Matt, like, that's really how it, it happened. Finding someone whose perspective I trusted and then going to them and talking through what I was experiencing and hearing her experiences and being open to her perspectives, it helped me to go inside because she lovingly nudged me that way to go journey inside, whether it was through silent meditation, whether it was through journaling, whether it was through reading, whatever the case. Um, and that's really, um, that's how it worked for me. How did it work for you? I want to triple click one more time because I think it's going to oh, be really helpful. Yeah. Because, you know, we're so much here trying to find that. Because first off, I want to acknowledge, I love your insatiable curiosity that opened up for you. Like, yeah. I'm going to find out. I'm going to learn. I'm going to figure this out. And like, you need that curiosity. Without that curiosity and that openness, you'll stay stuck. And I don't want to go too far into that, but curiosity is a really important part, right? But what I love is you are following something inside of you that said, go research these people, go talk to her, trust this woman to to help me. And you even said numerous times, like in the silence, in the stillness, you find your answers. How do you hear your answer inside yourself? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Sometimes I hear it in words. 
Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes in a, in, in a specific type of meditation, I might actually uh, hear a message, kind of how you heard a message. Um, you know, uh, sometimes it's through, you know, one really interesting situation, Matt, was uh, back in my prior life, I had this this two week period where four different individuals asked me the same question. And the question was, how happy are you? And like, it wasn't necessarily because I was like walking around like a zombie, although maybe that might've been part of it. But like, in some cases they were pondering it for themselves and they just wanted another person's perspective. In some cases they were concerned about me and wanted to find out what's going on with me. But yeah, and every time I got asked that question, I realized the answer was not very. And, um, and like it took four times for me to get asked that question in a short, in a short, you know, over a short period for me to say, wow, okay, I'm being communicated with right now. Like I'm being lovingly guided uh, through other people. And so sometimes I hear what I need to hear through other people. Sometimes uh, it's through, uh, it's through media right books or 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 even movies oh my god i watched a i watched a major blockbuster yesterday and like i just heard messages through it right like like divinely inspired messages that are not even a part of the story but like they just they just showed up to me um you know and then i also and, and then i'll stop here i also um i get weird little messages of love that get shown to me all day long. And, you know, some people refer to this as like, you know, messages from angels or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about all that. I can't say that they're right or wrong. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I get little messages of love. I'm walking around the city. I live in DC and I'm walking around the city and like, you know, our particular four digit number will just keep popping up for me. Or like, I'll get like, uh, I'll see a really unusual word that might show up several times and I just feel loved and, and carried when those things happen. Um, could it just be a coincidence? Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm okay with that. Uh, but it's a coincidence that's helpful to me. And um, and I, I feel loved when I experience it. Like the love that you're sharing about just that internal. And like if we were to have people write it down on a piece of paper, it's that internal path of, discovering resonance discovering what resonates like that that message that keeps coming back that bodily sensation that says oh this this could be right for me yeah a voice and that's yeah. that's a big part of discovering what's your most authentic voice your most real voice beyond you know the mental chatter beyond the maybe excess emotions that haven't been processed properly it's a process of discernment and you've been doing it for a while yeah yeah you know, I had um, a friend of mine who was, uh, he was, I considered him to be a spiritual partner of mine. Um, we had very parallel journeys for for a while. Um, uh, he told me that he got the, in, the, the, the message one day that the purpose of this world was not love. Uh, you know, you hear a lot like, oh yeah, we're in this earth school and the purpose is like, is love. And, and he said, what I got was, it's not love because we all, everything is love. Um, the purpose is discernment. And, uh, and I just think, I thought that that was a really powerful aha moment. Uh, and I love that you've mentioned the word discernment a couple of times already today, because I do, I do believe that, um, 
Yeah, I do believe that if if uh, when I look at the continuum of love on one side and fear on the other side, uh, you know, it it can sometimes take quite a bit of discernment to really have clarity around that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the and I, I remember when I was first starting to, like, open up to these new places in myself and. I never identified with the word spiritual until the past couple of years, but I've been on a path of opening my life for the past 20. But, you know, it's also becoming to see that, I know there's the conversation culturally around you're either in love or you're in fear. Often it's the other way around, but coming to see how, as we open to these new places in ourselves, maybe we, our marriage just collapsed or maybe a business collapsed or our health isn't doing well. Or maybe things are going great wherever you're at starting to see that if there is fear there's love even in fear mm -hmm. and to come to see that 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 voice that says i don't know what's happening and i'm scared that's a voice trying to love you yeah. it's also trying it's also trying to show you something that's available to you and so it's not a message of say staying hunkered in your fear it's going what is this message trying to teach me that's right what is what is ready to grow in me what is ready to grow? Because if we don't let that growth happen, that's where we start to have things in our life fall apart. That we're denying our own evolution that is a necessary part of this life. Yeah. So yeah. the fear is a message of love if you're willing to listen to what it's actually trying to offer you. That's right. I really, I, I'm very grateful that you said that because, um, you know, it occurred to me as I was speaking, I said, I just said, everything is love. Right. And then I use the example of the continuum of love versus fear. And I'm like, yeah. and the thought was in my mind. Okay. Like, I don't want to confuse people or, or, or whatever, but you know, it doesn't mean, uh, you know, that's just human helpful language, right? right? It doesn't mean that everything isn't love. It means that love manifests in infinite ways. God is everything, right? God is the space between things. God is everything. And so God is the darkness. The darkness is sacred right? It's not only the light that is sacred, everything is sacred. Um, you know, the concept of evil is sacred. It's all sacred because it all propels us back towards oneness with the creator. So how could anything that propels us back to oneness with the creator be anything less than sacred? You know, in order for me to to experience the revolutionary, gigantic love that is forgiveness, I need to be hurt. Someone needs to hurt me or I need to hurt myself. And so there needs to be a driving force behind someone to hurt me. And so if you want to call that evil, okay, that's fine. Like whatever, it's semantics. But, you know, some entity had to be willing to go through the extraordinary pain of hurting me to give me an opportunity to see God's perfection and, and forgive that person. And so, you know, thank you to evil for for nudging me back towards oneness with the creator, you know, and uh, it's a hard pill to swallow uh, in our society to, to, to look at the darkness as sacred, but I, I believe in it. And, uh, you know, it works for me. There's a lot of gifts in our challenges. If we're willing to listen to them. That's right. Exactly. I mean, but look I, at you and I, your story. I also do know though, it doesn't have to be challenge and struggle for you to learn them and experience them. But I know that for much of my life, I learned always through the hard things. I would learn, learn through the suicide attempt. I learned through almost being kicked out of university. I learned in so many ways through the hard ways. And it has taken me years 
to really start to see that these great things can happen in my life. They don't have to come on the outset of a, something bad. Yeah. And some, some people can get caught in believing you need something bad to grow. It's just usually something bad is when we're typically willing to start with. That's right. That's right. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you can, uh, you know, you could just take care of your teeth now, or you could wait until you get a toothache and then take care of your teeth then. And, you know, I mean, not everybody's willing to take care of their teeth now, you know, and right. I mean, that's just a simple, a simple illustration, but yeah, you can learn through love or you could learn through pain and, uh, you know, they both work. One is not better than the other. It's just what, what, what path do you choose? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and just to, to put cherry on that, I know one of the biggest things that really had to change for me was letting go of this belief and just to the straight line and the bottom line it that you need pain to receive pleasure. Oh, tell me about this. I love it. I love it. Talk about that. So I know for me for years, I just wanted to feel more in my life. And I was more often than I realized caught up in this perception that to have pleasure required pain. Mm -hmm. And so if something was actually going well or steady state and it started to feel normal and okay, I could feel myself starting to like, no, I need more. I need more. And then really what was, I was having a hard time with was one finding gratitude in what was because I got stayed in this constant seeking of more and I would find myself sabotaging things and actually almost starting to realize that I had, how do I frame this in a way that makes sense? There was a part of me that believed for growth to happen, for great things to happen, there had to be some sort of pain and not seeing that it doesn't have to be that way. Relationships don't have to be hard. Our careers don't have to be hard. It is all wired in us. If we can find that space in us that can see what life can be beyond believing pain is necessary, if that is something someone listening is experiencing, there is so much more. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you you and I, um, in planning for this episode, we kind of referenced the concept of stories and uh, you know differentiating truth from story. And... Mm -hmm. I wonder, um, you know, maybe for listeners who who haven't really considered that, because this is really, I think, the essence of what you're talking about right now. For people, uh, why don't you introduce the concept of story? Like, 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 what do you mean when you say we have an opportunity to let go of our stories and learn our truth? And then I'd love to like circle back on that to like, well, how can we do that in a practical way? Because if I want to really listen to my inner knowing. It, it involves listening to my truth, not listening to the stories I've learned. Well, they probably don't want to hear me rattle off some lists. So I'm going to tell a story about stories that gets Great. practical needs all at the same time. Go for so it. So in, in 2018, I knew like my whole body, everything, every part of me, even I was still definitely learning who I was, was knew something needed to change. My an engagement had ended a year before my I had loved my corporate career until that point, but the aliveness of it had just been zapped out of me. I didn't find joy in it anymore. Um, I was really feeling like the aliveness, the vitality I had once experienced had just disappeared. And I needed something to change, but there was just so much fog, so much confusion. And I remember that I was like, something's got to change. And I did something probably a lot of people wouldn't do, but I, I put five countries in a hat 
drew a country out of a hat, booked a month long trip to the Philippines that night and uh, put in my uh, secession plan at work or my plan at work that I was going to be out for a month. And I remember sitting at, I wanted to set up the environment. I remember like making my whip way into Cebu city, Philippines. It was overwhelming experience. I've been up for 48 hours and I make my way through the first couple of days and I'm sitting at a picnic table at a hostel. It's outside warm I'm drinking coffee in my life. And I'm sitting there going, and the story in my head is what the heck am I doing with my yes. life? Yes. What am I doing? I just, Something I didn't it. Yes. Um, there's just, I didn't quit my, I hadn't quit my job. I was on vacation, but I knew that my life was missing something. And I'm sitting at this table going, what the heck is happening? I used to be so happy. I was happy here, but then I was in this relationship over here that I never really wanted. I was in it because I thought I was supposed to be in it, which makes it even worse. And I'm sitting at this table having to face some really hard realities about myself. I was in an engagement that wasn't really one I wanted, but I didn't leave. I was also the one that led to the ending of it, even though I said to myself I didn't want it to end. So figure that one out, right? Um, and then here I am in this career that filled me up with so much joy for over the better part of a decade that I couldn't even stand to do it. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there facing this and I'm like, I don't know if I have anything to stand on. And when, when those threads, your partnership, your career and everything starts to feel like it's falling apart, the only thing you have is to go inside yourself. And when we can't rely on everything else to validate us, we have to find places in ourselves that we were never forced to find before. And I'm sitting at the table and I had a notebook, much like this one. I've actually stuck with a style notebook ever since that experience. And I'm just, I'm full of emotion. I'm full of anger. I'm full of confusion, full of fear. And I'm just started writing feverishly in my notebook. I wanted to take everything that was going on inside of me and get it out here on paper. Something that's been really practical and useful for me get everything I'm experiencing in my mind and in my body and just put it out on paper, get it out of me. And I'm writing, I'm writing feverishly. Like it's my handwriting is terrible. I'm writing about the anger I felt about the end of my relationship, wondering if I could ever be in a relationship, the frustration that I didn't know what I was doing with my career and like having no answers to anything. I'm just writing about all this stuff I'm blaming. I started to blame some people and then realized I had to blame myself. Um, and like, I'm just writing, I filled up probably 30 pages in my notebook. And I remember, and this is where it gets really practical even more. I remember when I started to run out of steam and I started to run out of all these stories because to say that, oh, it's my relate, my fiance's fault that it ended. That's a story. To say that, oh, I can't leave my career, that's a story. To say that I'm bad, that's a story. All of this is stuff that we tell ourselves that are stories. Yeah, so if I'm feeling sadness, the stories that are running through my head are very different than if I'm feeling happy than the stories running through my head. Yes. When, we start to, when we start to notice how our emotions shift our stories, that's a very powerful piece of awareness. And so I'm writing out from all kinds of emotions in this notebook in the Philippines at that picnic table. 
and all kinds of stories that are just moving and shaping based on my emotional experience. And then I got to this part where it was like, it was all gone. And I came down to two of the most powerful realizations that took me to where I led largely to where I'm at now. And the first one was your corporate career has served your life so well. You've grown so much as a man, leader. You've learned what it's like to care about people. You've learned how to create business results. Like this long list of all the things that had been to support my life in a meaningful way. And I was crying because I was, I was like, man, there's so much gratitude. I loved this career. And then the hard reality that came next, dot, dot, dot. And it's time to go. It's time to let it go. And to really bring this back home to our learning to listen conversation and finding that authentic voice, that real voice beyond all the stories, beyond all the emotion. When all that, when all that stuff had been written down and cleared out of me, I got down to those two realizations. There was absolutely no part of me that thought it was fake. There was no part of me that doubted it. It felt more true than anything I had connected to in the past like few months. Yeah. And when I wrote those down and I felt them, I knew that was right for my life. I knew that was my inner guidance about all the stuff in the way. Yeah. And then began the process now what do I want to do? Will I choose to start to live these realizations one step at a time? Yeah. And what does that offer me next? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I wanted to share that as a very practical example of moving one, what stories are, but two, also how we can start to get what's underneath it all. Yeah. And what's real. Yeah. And, and I wonder... It, I wonder for someone who feels, uh, maybe feels, let me see, let me rephrase this. For someone who kind of has a notion of an idea that's arisen to them to make a change, to, you know, to leave behind an old path, but they don't have that crystal clarity that you talked about for your two, your two uh, realizations. What do you think is the most appropriate or what do you think is an appropriate way to get to the bottom of that and weed out some of that, um, some of that in uncertainty? So ultimately we want to help them get to the core of what's there. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a context that might be really useful, like leaving a career or? Yeah. So let's say, let's say someone feels, um, oh, you know, I had, I had a person and I'm going to, you know, just take some liberties with this. I had a person just two days ago who was talking with me about my years on the road and said, wow, I've actually just been considering that, but you know, it's a little different for me because, you know, my ex-wife and I, um, we have two kids and, you know, and so I just don't, I don't know if that's, if that's really, I don't know if that's right for me. I, I don't think I can do that. And like, and I said, okay, well, let me not superimpose myself on this guy. Right. But immediately, like my, here's a guy who's kind of feeling resonance with an idea and telling himself, I can't do that. I have kids. 
And I said, do you, do the kids live with you? And he said, no. And I said, well, then why can't you do that? Like, if you feel inspired to go do something, I mean, why can't you just plan a trip back? Like as often as you'd like, you can come back every week. Like, you know, like you don't have to move to, you know, you don't have to move to Tehran. Like, I mean, but you could, you could have your own version of this if you feel inspired to and still be a present involved father. And he's like, okay, yeah, I mean, I guess so. But here's a context of someone who kind of has this concept arise and then says, oh, that can't be right. I'm a dad, you know? And so there's not that crystal clarity that you discussed when you said, okay, it's time to move on. And there's no chance that this is a, that this is a, an inappropriate message is fully applicable. That guy didn't have that clarity and needs right. to process more. And maybe the idea of living on the road is not right for him, right? Like maybe that's, that's maybe, maybe his intuition is, is telling him, Hey, you, you don't need to pull a geographic in order to like, feel at home in your life. Like, you know, so who am I to say which direction was right, but the guy wasn't sure yet. So that's, that's what I would offer as an example. Okay. Entry on this one. So a few things I don't get caught. I don't really speak around like what's appropriate for someone because this is the part about our living our adult lives. We have to come to actually realize what it is, it is to be a full adult and what it means to know what is right for us and then let ourselves live it and find a way to live it. And so something I know men do a lot of is we use our family as an excuse not to live our full lives. And we put it on our kids, put it on our wife or husband or whoever it is. We put it on someone else because we don't have the trust in ourselves and the willingness to live what we're meant to live. And this is all humans, not just men. And so my first question would be, do you really want that? How do you know that is right for you? Because we have to find a space in ourselves that can go, no, this is real. Like before any doubts come in, before like, oh, I can't because I've got to take Johnny to school on, on Monday, um, whatever that may be. Forget the doubts for a moment and connect them to yourself. Is that truly what you want? Or is it a distraction? Yeah. Because sometimes what we say we want isn't what we really need. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just a smoke screen because we're not willing to face things in our lives that we need to yes. look at. Like maybe our marriage isn't going too well and we're not paying much attention to our spouse. And that's the thing we're avoiding. Or we're aging and our body's not doing too well and we're avoiding that. And so a lot of times what we'll do is we'll put up these smoke screens of like, if I just had that, I'll be okay. And so what we've really got to do first is get honest and say, how mm -hmm. do I know? And this is like the main question. How do I know when something is genuinely right for me? If we can't answer that, then the other stuff matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so we have to start there. And then in terms of logistics and practicalities and all that, if you can get to the place in yourself where you're like, no, I'm sure, Matt, I'm sure this is right for me. And I've looked around. I'm not avoiding anything in my relationship. I'm not avoiding my children. Like this is like in my heart the right thing for me, and you know that, then you can start having a different conversation about what comes next and things like that. Because when you're clear on what's really right for you, things become a bit smoother. Mm -hmm. yeah. It'll be easy, but you'll be able to discern. You've got to know for sure it's right for you before you can discover the next step. Mm -hmm. yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be a bunch of 
It's fucking absurd. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I can add one more thing on that too, just please. for people. In the early process of starting to find this in yourself, in the early stage of trying to find how do I know my own inner truth, my own inner right answer for me. It's not about what's conventionally right. It's not about what society right. Your own individual self. Something is really sticking around for a while. And like, for example, saying, you know, I'm just kind of disappointed in this marriage or I'm disappointed in this career. If it's sticking around and it's not going anywhere, I wouldn't just jump the gun and assume it means leave the relationship or it means leave the career. It's an invitation to get really curious and really get inside yourself and go, wait, what's this really about? These are just symptoms. What's it really about? And the first thing we need to do is not immediately start on blaming the company, blaming the spouse, because again, we're offsetting and avoiding being responsible for our own lives. And so we've got to stop putting it on everyone else that we don't know how to live our own life. Yeah. And so when we can start there and start getting honest, that's a really helpful path to really begin to know what it means to live a full life, a life where you're like, you know what? I don't desire to blame people. I don't desire to be angry. I don't desire to be this because I know I'm honest with myself and I'm in my own integrity. That sounds like an incredible note to end an episode on. I love that. You know, Matt, if people are resonating with your message and want to learn more about how you show up in the world and the services you offer, uh, what do you recommend? Two things. One, uh, one of the biggest challenges for me over these past 20 years has been exactly what I just said. It's finding that answer knowing it's right for me and then being willing to follow through on living it. And so because of that, I know that I see the same thing with so many others. And so I created a practical guidebook to help people start walking themselves practically into their own inner knowing, their own inner teacher guidance, however we want to frame it. And they can just start by putting 15 minutes on their calendar when they download it and trying it a few times. And so my recommendation is go to matthoganworldwide.com forward slash clarity and download the guidebook and try it out a few times. See what deeper connection you can find within yourself to support you guiding your life. And if you do find yourself wanting a bit more support, like just email. I'm happy to answer the question. It's matthogan at worldwide, matthoganworldwide.com. Sorry, matt at matthoganworldwide.com. They can email me. All right, matt at matthoganworldwide.com. And that... Again, that uh, that workbook is at matthoganworldwide.com forward slash clarity. Correct. All right. Excellent. Matt, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a really, uh, it just feels like a really nurturing discussion. I'm, I'm glad we were, I'm glad I was a part of it. I'm really glad to be here, John. And I appreciate you sharing about your own journey of finding your own answers because it takes so much courage. It takes a lot of courage to find your own answers. And I really respect your willingness to do it. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Everybody, that wraps up another episode of Refractive. Thank you so much for tuning in and sharing your time with us. And uh, as you go out in the world and meet people having their own wide variety of experiences, remember to aim your light. Take care. You've been listening to Refractive Podcast, and this is Johnny G. 
If you found today's content uplifting, if you think it might make somebody's day better, give it a share on social media, click like, subscribe. All those things help to expand this podcast availability to new audiences. I'm a speaker, a coach, and a facilitator based out of Washington, DC, but I travel a lot. If you think I can be of service to you or to your organization, help people get unstuck or move into their authentic power, shoot me an email. My email address is refractivepodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Thanks for listening and aim your light.